Welcome to the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast, hosted by veterinarians Dr. Lewis Kirkham and Dr. Robbie Anderton, who'll give you the inside scoop on the secret lives of your pets and have a lighthearted look at the latest animal news, health tips, and other random facts. All names of people and pets have been changed for confidentiality, so if the story sounds familiar, don't flatter yourself. Every owner is just as animal crazy as you are. So sit down, place your furry feathered or scaly best friend on your lap, and it's over to Lewis and Robbie. Hello and welcome. This is episode 156 of the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast, where too much talking to pets is barely enough. I'm Dr. Robbie Ander, and I'm joined by a man who this week has, let's just say, blown up the internet. Uh, he put on a, a video recording of last week's episode 155 of the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast onto YouTube, and it has set the world alight. Welcome, Dr. Lewis Kirkham, the viral YouTuber. How are you going, Lewis? I'm going well, Robbie. Uh, I'm surprised um, you could fit us in with all your uh, uh, all, all your influencing uh, deals that have come through after this video has been uploaded. Well, we are on YouTube for any listeners who want to go and, and look at it because uh, we did upload last week's episode, episode 155, onto YouTube and possibly we didn't advertise it well enough because you saw it twice, I saw it once, and we got three views. A grand total of three views. Excellent. <laughs> That's, that's three views. So the, three views. For whoever's look, listening, looking at this one on YouTube, let's beat three views. Um, is week. there any, could, could you put on there, like in the, because I think when you're putting on the videos, you can have like um, keyword searches and things like that. Is there any chance you can put things on there like, you know, anti-vaxxer and, you know, um, 5G, microchipping, that sort of stuff, just to try and see whether or not, you know, we can actually just generate some views just from just from doing that. that yeah, oh, no, no. No, I heavily tagged, mate. Uh, Pete Evans, uh, apple cider vinegar, nice. uh, coconut oil, Good. raw food. Yes. Um, and, uh, and yeah, really heavily, heavily, heavily um, hashtagged. So surprised. Probably just YouTube algorithm is a little bit slow to update it. It's been, been up there six days. It's only the slow. first video. It's yeah, only the ex- first video. Yeah, right. You know, yes. I mean, we won't, we won't worry too much about the, uh, the marble run videos that get you know, 350,000 views within a day where it's just a whole lot of marbles going down a hill. That's fine. They've got the algorithms worked out. We're, we're, we're still very, very much novice on it, Lewis. Yes, we are. We are. We're not quite Charlie bit my finger, but we're getting there, aren't we, yeah. mate? <laughs> um, uh, so this- t- Tell me about yeah. your week, mate. You've been. Uh, oh. You told me before that you had a busy week and you wanted to leave it for to your press record. So tell it's, me, tell me now. It's it's been it's been a big week, mate. I had um actually sort of a stressful week, I suppose. Firstly, I had um uh, Olive, uh, my cat, in for a dental um at the clinic, which uh, I mean, yeah, I don't know about you, mate, but always working on your animals. There's always your own animals. There's extra little bit of just perhaps a little bit of extra stress that goes into it, knowing mm. perhaps knowing I've got kids at home that, uh, that really dote on her and, and yeah. uh, you know, that sort of thing. So, so I have been putting her off for a while and they, she needed a dental sort of check. Um, you know, I've been pretty busy at work. So, you know, classic case of, oh, we're too busy today. Sorry, Olive, you're on to next week now. Yes. So. Yeah. Yeah. You keep getting bumped. You keep getting bumped. Yeah. A bit like the, uh, the carpenter or the, the builder that has the worst house in the street, you know, yes, yeah, she's yeah. too busy working on everyone else's. So I did know she had sort of two, Two of her canines were chipped, sort of opposing one at the top, one at the bottom, which it right. not sure sort of how she did it. Uh, it's very, very sort of weird. And I was a little bit sort of thinking, yep, at some stage I got to really get in there, just check those that that they're not not too bad. And I mean, she's not the easiest cat to handle at the best mm. of times. So I had a zilkined up and gabapentined up and um 
And uh, of course I couldn't get blood from her before the anesthetic because she was just a little bit upset, just wasn't so happy with me. Um, so, uh, so I got in there and, um, and, uh, and sort of have, you know, anesthetized her. And then of course, while she's under anesthetic, then I couldn't get the bloods either because I couldn't get a vein on her. So it was, oh, you know, it was, it was all a bit of fun there. Bruce gave her nice bruises on her neck and things oh, trying, no. trying to get some, some bloods from, um, from the jugular as we do. So, um, yeah. anyway, and then, uh, look at the, the, the teeth and both their upper and lower canines that were fractured. I thought, Oh, that lower canine, um, looks like it's just taken a bit too much off the top and I can recognize there's a bit of pulp exposure there. So I'm yes. a bit concerned about that. And I'm, well, the nerves you know, exposed. Yeah. Yeah. It's not the easiest tooth to take out, you know, sort of thing. And, um, and so I did some dental x-rays and yeah, sure enough at the base of that tooth, there's just a little bit of infection just starting up a little bit of, uh, <laughs> oh, out it comes a little bit of pulpitis. So it's like, we've got to take out that tooth. And I, I mean, the listeners probably don't know out there, but, but us vets know the lower, canine healthy sort of tooth in a cat is often a difficult tooth to take out yeah it's 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 one that uh it's a, co a combination of being uh sort of gentle enough to not fracture a jaw or, exactly. or 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 anything like that but but a bit strong enough to actually get the tooth out because yeah. it's, it's very well rooted in there and uh and so um you know a lot of time went into taking that out. I fractured it three times getting it out would you believe oh crap but, yeah i know but managed to get it all out not not the not the not, not the, the jaw. jaw, not the jaw, yeah, just yeah, the yeah. teeth as it's coming I was out. Say, if you fractured the jaw, I wouldn't have thought that would have been brought into evidence. Well, if I fractured it three times, I'd be very worried <laughs> with my, my technique. So, so, but we got it out and um, I got it out okay. And it was pretty, pretty stressful sort of thing. And then there was also a premolar that I hadn't seen sort of examining her when I, when she was um, awake, I had a little resorptive lesion that was only visible on the x-ray as well. So I had to take that, you know, just, just cut the top off that one. That wasn't too bad, but yeah. it was a long anesthetic. It was an hour and a half of sort of stress trying to get this tooth out and yeah. doing the x-rays and the bloods and everything. And so big thank you to nurse Shelly for, uh, for a very good anesthetic. She went really well go. under anesthetic and it's great to have a nurse that just, just comfortable and, and you know, confident that she was monitoring everything really well. So so anyway, got Olive home, had her on some nice, really nice pain relief. Yeah. And, and her behavior that night was incredible. Just walk around the house, just wide eyed. Like just, 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 just watching big purple worms, just, <laughs> yeah. just zooming yeah. in and out of the walls. Yeah. And she, she'd go to the door, you know, I want to go out. So, you know, we sort of like, all right, we'll go out with you, walk out with you, open the door. And then she walks straight, straight back in again. Like, nah, that's not what I want. Walk to a bowl. Yeah, you know, yeah, put some soft food in there. No, doesn't want that. Walk away, walk up to a little bed where she, you know, wide eye, just meow, wants want a cuddle, go to pick up. Meow. No, don't want to cuddle, right? <laughs> I put it down. So we we're just laughing at her all night. And I reckon she paced the house, just having a little bit of a perhaps an unfortunate reaction to her pain relief meds. And, um, yes. and eventually, then the next day, the, it was a comment from the girls like, Dad, she slept all day today. Like, yes, because <laughs> she was up pacing the house all night. All so, night. Yes. So yeah, it's been a difficult week. And then further to that, I've I've got friends' animals that are unwell. Oh no, moment, right? Which, yeah. Which you know that adds to a stressful sort of time too. I mean, you know, you when when they're friends' animals again, you're sort of aware of the of the the backstory, the people that rely on you to 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 make them well. So I've got a a friend's dog who um has got a broken uh, broken toe from uh, got attacked by another dog under under the fence of their house, oh, the back fence. Gee whiz, yeah, and, right. and that was you know compound fracture, so it's an open, open fracture, one, yeah. an open open sort of wound, and and 
you know, worried, is it going to heal? Is it, is yeah. it going to, you know, is, so we're bandage changing that with a cast sort of every week. Just trying um, to help to, yeah. I mean, it's a, one of those things that, yeah, you can get on top of infection as long as you can keep the, keep the bone stable, but you know, it's that it's trying to keep, uh, what, how big's the dog? Uh, it's a whippet. Oh, yeah. whippet. Oh, yeah. Geez, yeah. Right. Which toe go. is it? Which toe is it? that? It brought uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 One of, one of a them. Front one, a front, front one. Toe. Uh, I think it might be. Um, uh, it's metatarsal actually. So it's oh, a, it's a metatarsal. Yeah. Ah, yeah, okay, uh, no, yeah. metacarpal. Sorry, metacarpal. Metacarpal. So yeah. Just a toe for the for the listeners, but a little yeah, bit higher. The, up the, than the, the long bones in the hand. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because because I you know it's one of those ones where you said I broken toe. I thought oh compound fractured. You know, take it off. Take it off. Yeah, take exactly. it off. But no, nah. no, it's a little bit further up. You can't take it, that one out. <laughs> it is a it is a little bit higher. And also then I've got Shelley's cat who helped me with the anaesthetic who was attacked by a neighbor's dog. Oh. Um, quite badly a couple of weeks. ago go now and uh had a dive got a diaphragmatic hernia oh wow so so that's where listeners are the diaphragm is the is the barrier between uh your lungs and your your abdomen i suppose and when you yeah, breathe yeah, it's, it, it's, it's a, a it's a big muscle breathe. muscle curtain that splits open your or splits your chest cavity to your abdominal cavity yeah so there's a big hole in that so some of the i think the spleen uh some of the intestines and uh and something else was on the pancreas set, was up. Set of car keys. Yeah, that's right. It was yeah, up in yeah. the lungs area. So that wasn't ideal. Plus also it's got a compound fracture of its tibia and fibia. So the back leg, oh. nice, yeah, open fracture that, um, so it went off to, to specialist, put a plate on it. And of course then got infected. So the plate got, all the screws went all loose. So the plate failed. Oh no. So we're sort of like on the, like it was all that stress of, you know, it's sort of handling that. And, and then I finally did some x-rays on Thursday and said, yeah, that plate's no good. Yeah. So maybe we should amputate the leg because there's pus coming out of the leg. So I don't oh. want to go into it too much, listeners. Yeah, yeah. But so, so there was that. And then finally we found an antibiotic that seemed to be working um, and it's improving. We got some of the loose screws out um, yeah, yeah. and because she really doesn't want to amputate, which is fine. It's, uh, we talked about this before that the, yeah. the sort of mental kind of getting to the point of saying, you know, a three-year-old cat, with it with only three legs, you know, um, she's already spent a lot of money having plates and hernias repaired yeah. and things. Um, so, uh, so I had that sort of during the week, had sent it off for a culture and so uh, we got partial results on that and we changed the bandage on Friday and it's actually looking okay. So that sort of as well. It's so, lost, yeah. so there's uh there's two and then third one, I've got a friend, yeah. another friend. Oh no, couldn't wow. believe it. My cat and three friends cats. Yeah. Uh, a bit of a swelling on its face. Had it for a while. Yep. Um, I was, it's a classic case going around for a dinner party and they go, oh, can you just have a look at Max sort of thing? I might have mentioned, um, perhaps I shouldn't have mentioned the name, but can you have a look at the cat uh, while we're at, um, or at a dinner? At a, yeah. At a dinner. And uh, sure enough, have a look. And uh, I thought, oh, maybe the swelling's from a little bit of a wobbly canine that was going on there. So had a dental, took the tooth out, thought, you know, perhaps be the end of it. Then it got a funny sort of lesion on the side of its uh Cheek area, yeah. Oh, maybe that's a bit of an abscess, you know, from the tooth. It's draining. It's fine. Some antibiotics seem to be getting better. And then, you know, hadn't heard for a couple of weeks how how we're sort of going. Then finally, you know, got a got a bit of a text and a photo. Yeah, the swelling around the nose is no better. It's got a little bit worse. So we got in, had a look, and now we've taken some bloods for crypto, cryptococcus potentially. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. So a bit of a fungal, maybe a fungal infection, not really sure. So big thank you to Lisanne, one of the other vets at the clinic who I showed the, showed the photos to and said, I don't know what's going on. Yes. And she yeah, said, yeah. well, what about crypto? And I said, oh, that's a good thought. Yeah, so, yeah, it could be a, yeah. yeah, um, yeah young, youngish cat. 
Uh, no, uh, I want to say six or seven. Yeah, okay. So a little, little bit out of the age range, yeah, yeah but yeah. but certainly looks Still suspicious. Yeah. yeah, but if it's not, I don't know what it is. So No, no. Hectic week, mate. Lots of lost, lost sleep sort of thinking about other people's animals. And, Gee whiz. Uh, yeah, hey, now, um, I know, you know, you – so yeah, you know, with with Olive, you know, when she when she was in during the week, you know, obviously had a pretty stressful time. And I know I know you would have been using the Zilkeen, and big thanks to Zilkeen, the you know as supporters of the podcast, Alpha Cazozapine. You know, I, I actually have some pretty good success with the with the Zilkeen. You know, I do like using it with um you know the air, times where you got cats that have got some mild anxiety uh, issues um, can just help to try and help relax them down. But I had um. I, uh, dealing with a family at the moment, Lewis, it's got, um, uh, got two cats and they've brought in a, a new young cat. Um, and, uh, you know, needless to say, things are a little bit stressful for the, for all the cats at home because this young one's a little bit more, uh, you know, um, rambunctious than the other two. So we've yep. got them on, on Zilkeen and, um, uh, she bought in uh, one of the cats the other day um, for a check because, you know, been losing weight, you know, he's an old cat. So we just wanted to check and see what was going on. And, uh, she, you know, we put the put the carrier on the. I'm so yeah. This is this is Zilkeen that Zilkeen that we know that works, but she seems like she'd had something else that to try and help out the cat. So she had the uh, the the carrier on the on the bench, um, and had her keys and her phone and a small little box that was playing some music. Oh, hang on a from second. Friend the, of the show, so so. No, uh, hang on, no, I'm non, not sure if we can. Non-friend, yeah, no, no. So so she so so she bought. You know, obviously trying to find other ways in which to try and help to calm and relax the cat down. And my my plan was using the alpha cazozapine, the zilkeen, the um the you know milk derivative protein that's been found uh, scientifically proven to help yes. to try and uh, relax down uh, anxious animals. And yeah, she came in with a little uh, little music box that was playing wow. some music to help to try and calm the cat down as well. So you know, the, the regular listeners to the show might you know want to go back to when we uh, you know if uh, if they happen to hear you know the 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 pre cut uh, edition of the Cat Lovers Show might have uh, yeah heard heard a little bit wow. of a product that was mentioned there that then had to be cut out due to legal reasons. <laughs> the man with the hat still selling them. He still shifted a unit, you know. Wow. So. Well, the thing is, that I think the thing is, is the sounds, there are studies that say there are certain sounds that are a little bit calming for pets. Um, there are some, actually some scientific, uh, some a little bit of evidence going towards that. But I think the, the issue we had was perhaps that the, those uh those sort of thoughts were a bit overstated, perhaps. So, but but certainly good. Good on. Did 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 the cat come out and do a little dance and uh, and was quite calm? Look, it, it, he's, he's an anxious cat at the best of times, right. and I would say that he seemed to be at about a, 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 a I would have said a non-perceptively different um, uh, degree of change. So, right. so certainly was doing him no harm. So, that did was, you ask? That's good. Did you ask where the speaker came from? I didn't because um, <laughs> the the. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's uh, other right. things that were that Fair were enough. going on that we can talk about off air. But anyway, so, yeah. That's so, right. so but, Zilkeen, Zilkeen, go and talk to your vet about Zilkeen. If your dogs and cats, um, you know, could do with a little bit of mild calming stuff, because Excellent. there are plenty of other things that are out there. But you know, Zilkeen's a good one. 
Zil, yeah, well, Zilkin's got, it's got a bit of science behind it, hasn't it? So we're all about yes. peer-reviewed studies, definitely here. Um, and also big thank you to Delicate Care, a uh, long-term sponsor of the podcast. Um, they've, got, they've got a lot of great foods. Uh, they're only available at your vets, though. So get into your vet and ask them, do you stock Delicate Care? And if and not, why not? Exactly. Because Spot it's on. great. I heard about it on this podcast and it's awesome. That's I right. Need, I need some kangaroo Lewis. and duck dye. Lewis and Robbie. So definitely get onto it. And also a big thank you to our Patreon supporters. Yes. Uh, we really do appreciate your support, especially, uh, and I won't try and butcher her name anymore. <laughs> Lauren, Laura from last week. Thank Laura you. Laura Paxino. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And th- thanks to, thanks to all you wonderful people. It's great. Um, yeah, we know times are hard and I hope you're getting some, uh, getting some joy and, and go and check us out on YouTube as well. You know, so, so then, you know, you guys can, can what can watch that. You know, yeah, maybe, maybe you should could... send them a link to the to the Patreon subscribers, and then that way we can get a uh, you know maybe four more views. Well, let's see if we can bet our record of three views. Three views, yes. If you promise only to watch it twice, and I only watch it once, then every other view is not us. Anything, I but you've got to make sure you start putting some more racy, uh, some more racy ha- hashtags on there. Oh, yeah, okay. Right. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Trump was right. Trump was wrong. Oh, you know, just, just you know, play both, both sides. sides. Play both, both sides. sides. Absolutely. Yes, yeah, oh, yeah. Wow. yeah. Balanced. Gritty ben. and balanced. Fantastic. Well, speaking of gritty, I think we better get back onto it because um, we talked last week a little bit about um, mouse bait. Mouse and yeah, rat did, bait did, did, toxicity, yeah, didn't one. we? Yeah. Yeah. And there was a new one we mentioned that that I'd heard about. Um, Bromodialone is is the new one. Um, and uh that um uh that they want to get access to in New South Wales to help with the huge mouse plague yeah, that they've right. got they've got going on. And it's been been given a bit of a an a non non de pleur of um of a napalm like mouse right. bait could have huge uh bromodial dialone. Mm-hmm could have huge impact on native species if approved. This is from abcnet.net.au. It's essentially a second-generation um, uh, anti-vitamin uh, K uh, antagonist. Yeah, yeah. antagonist or um, anticoagulant. Um, so essentially, we do have an antidote for it, but the fact when it says second-generation, it means that uh, it only takes sort of one chew on the bait to kill um, you know, uh, to potentially kill a mouse. Um, and, and then I guess the biggest concern is then it stays active in the mouse or rat's guts and it's highly toxic, toxic to potentially non-target species. So perhaps animals that eat right mat, m- mice and rats or potentially species that might find the bait tasty. Um, yeah, you know that they they might eat it as well. So, so the New South Wales is seeking urgent approval to s- distribute a poison, the poison called bromodialone, to deal with the plague. Now, the state government is seeking approval from the Australian Pesticides and Veterinary Medicines Authority to distribute ten thousand liters Whoa. of bro- bromodialone in an attempt to end the mouse plagues, which is now in its eighth month. Um, and um, I was going to say that's about a month ago, so it's probably in it's about its ninth month ninth by month. now. By the time by the time we got to it, um, New South Wales Agricultural Minister Adam Marshall recently referred to bromodialone as the equivalent of napalming mice. Mr. Marshall was not available for comment, and he also after that, a, yeah, he also wasn't available for comment on this podcast. Just no, just, it's a shame. Just so we had that, yeah, just, yeah. Did you send him a link for the video though? Well, he might be the fourth viewer we get this oh, week. Nice. 
but has oh hashtag hashtag Marshall, <laughs> Mr. Marshall, but has said that more than 400 farmers have registered with the government to use bromodialone should it be approved. Um, and it was also links in recently with a recent study that was done in Tasmania, where they found that 74% of wedge-tailed eagles that were found in the wild dead, that had been oh. deceased in Tasmania, actually had uh, evidence of rat poison in them. Wow. Um, yeah, so evidence of um, some of the some of the products are used in, in rat poisons. But the interesting thing is wedge-tailed eagles don't traditionally eat rats and mice. So they've actually got it through a third sort of vector, you know, as in obviously the, the mice and rats or, or other organisms, other mammals have eaten the, eaten the stuff, then died, um, and then the, the wedge-tailed eggs have then eaten, eaten those things. So it's actually or sort of interesting. Be, could it be that the wedgies, just the fact that there's just so many mice around that it's like, you know, well, hang on, if you're at the buffet and there's a whole lot of, you know, potato gems, you're just going to have a potato gem. Yeah, this is in Tassie though. The mass plague's in New South Wales, so there's not not, not a big plague in Tassie. Zero, yeah, yeah, yeah zero yes. chance of that. Well, low chance. I think yeah, just yeah. Ma- ma- rice, oh, rice, 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 and mats aren't. <laughs> um, I don't just not their species. They maybe they're they're too small or quick moving. I imagine yeah, okay. wedge tail eagles are quite got to come in from a long run up, don't they? Yeah, you're right. Um, so and I mean, you know, you know they're worried about the Murray cod um, are eating. Eating mice eating as mice. well, so yep. so they'll get they'll get that. That's potentially ends up in our food chain, I suppose. That we'll be then eating it too. So. Yes, um, and also in Tassie, they're worried about the quolls and the Tassie devils potentially being a, a, um, a non, uh, you know, a, a non-target species that's eating it. BirdLife Australia spokeswoman Holly Parsons said a better choice of bait was zinc phosphide already, which is already in use in uh, New South Wales. Well, this is not an ideal solution. It poses a much smaller risk than a second generation rodenticide. Dr. Parsons said now, You'd of course remember your, your lectures on zinc phosphide, mate. Oh, absolutely, effect. yeah, yeah. yeah. No, but 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 I'll, but I'll let you take it, just because I feel oh. like I've been, uh, yeah, because I, I went so hard on the rat bait last week. I just want to give you a chance to shine. So take it away. Very nice, mate. I have done a little research. Basically, the zinc zinc phosphide when it's eaten, it turns the acid in the stomach of the mice and rats turns it into phosphine, um, which is a very toxic gas. Um, oh, and that's wow. what that's that's what actually kills them. So and they then, burp themselves to death. Well, yeah, in some way, yeah, some it's like a toxic gas, gas chloroform, I think, of some sort. Oh, wow, um, potentially, I don't know. Um, and then the good part about that, though, is that gas actually dissipates in the environment really quickly. So, if a, a cat or a, a dog came along and ate some of those mice that had died from the zinc phosphide, or a, you know, a raptor, or you know, or something like Wedge-tailed that, wedge-tailed eagle, you yeah, know, yeah, it's, you know, Tassie it's, devil, yeah. Then uh, that gas is gone, and then that, that, was, that yeah, they can't um, they can't get poisoned from the zinc yeah, right. So it's, well, that's, that's a, a different one. It's a more novel, novel approach of actually yeah, yeah use, use it to use it to, to get the job done, and then have the have it disappear like the the perfect crime. Mm. Poof. Uh, so lobby group New South Wales Farmers said it never requested bromodialone, and have been calling on the government to provide rebates of up to twenty five thousand dollars per farmer to purchase zinc phosphide. Um, and then if bromodialone is approved, it's the first time it's been permitted in Australia since 2016. So, so it's been here already. We've used it in the past, yes. Yeah, obviously. right. Jeez, and then we stopped the and then we've had the mouse plague. Well, it must have been a big mouse plague in 2016. 
Yeah, right. Possibly yeah, that's yeah. what it was used for emergency sort of use then. So yeah. So there you go. And another article actually this week that um, interestingly sort of related to that little box speaker box you were talking about. Um, yes. This uh, is from uh, what journal is this from? I'm not sure. I've got the actual journal. Um, anyway, it's effects of human presence and voice on the behavior of shelter dogs and cats, a preliminary study um, by Adele Tuozzi et al. Um, and others. And basically, this is a little cool little study they did where they compared the behavior of uh, shelter dogs and cats that were housed on their own um, during a pre-recorded reading condition in the absence or presence of an unfamiliar human without direct physical contact so, so essentially voice. essentially they got dogs and cats in uh you know in um in their in the shelter in their individual cages or runs um and they've uh they've got a got a one of, on the little speakers i think and on the speaker they've got a voice reading a book oh, on the wow. speaker and they've they've assessed the pet's behavior when the speaker is there on its own with no human present or when the speaker is there with a human an unfamiliar human a stranger there yeah, as right. well um and interesting interesting stuff they sort of found um, i'm not sure there's no mention of what sort of speaker they use whether it was the man in the hats uh you know his his uh line which we we can't mention but no. like can't mention the toothbrush that the dentists use or show their face yes yeah we yeah can't mention because you're a dentist yeah that's right yeah. yeah hi and generally their name is rob as well which is interesting yes hi which rob is similar yes which is, is similar ways. Yeah. yeah, similar um, but not quite the same as the. Any, anything so, about anything about the book being the cat in the hat? No mention of what the book was. No. Right. Okay. No, there isn't because I imagine the dogs wouldn't like that, whereas the cats might like that. Oh, I don't yeah. know. I think dogs. I think dogs still find the Zeusy and River them still quite soothing. Right. Okay. So dogs spent more time in their bed and looking at the speaker when a human was present. Right. Interesting. Trying cats. to work out whether or not the the humans were ventriloquists. Well, yeah, potentially just showed that they're more relaxed if they're hanging out in their bed. Um, they're a little, a little bit more inquisitive. Um, so if they're less, um, I guess you'd indicate if the less stress they've got, the more inquisitive they're likely to be. Mm. Um, and cats showed door scratching and rubbing when a human was present. So rubbing is a classic case. You know, the cat's rubbing onto you, wanting to, to interact a with smooch. you. Aller rubbing. So yeah, um, it, it's obviously, and door scratching potentially open the door. So I want to interact. Mm. So, um, and then uh, they were more likely to spend more time in their vertical uh, elevated up. They've got elevated areas, obviously in a hiding box um, when there was the speaker was present, but no human was present. Right. So as interesting results show the presence of a human induces greater interest compared to just the speaker in shelter dogs. And cats may induce, it may induce a frustration likely um, due to not being able to physically interact with, with the person on the other side of the door. So, so it's not just the story, it's the person being there that helps. Potentially. So it's yeah. a little bit, a little bit of insight that um, people reading a book to dogs at shelters, which sometimes they do do a little bit of in some shelters, yeah. may be a better, better for their welfare long-term. Right. So, yeah, right. Cool. So, so read, read your animals a bedtime story. Yeah, cat in the hat. Very yeah. nice. Well, not that one, isn't he? Isn't he banned? Doctor Zeus is banned. Look, there's, there's, I'm there's, sure. there's some, there's some, there, you know, one of those. Let's talk things about where... that. Let's talk about cancel culture. That's cancel culture. To get into. Yeah, let's get into. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, well, that's that's our topic for next week. So, if anyone's <laughs> yes. got anything, any anything that that you listen to when you were a kid that now you're not allowed to mention, send it in. 
to two vets talk pets at gmail.com. <laughs> no, don't no, do that. No, don't do don't that. Do that. Don't no. do that. Hash- uh, that'll be one of the hashtags cancel culture on the YouTube video. That'll yes. get a few likes. <laughs> Definitely. No. This, uh, this is a final article I saw in, um, in the Herald Sun, which I thought was actually right up our alley, mate. Good. Really did. Really did. It's a uh, high brown. Uh, yeah, Herald Sun, of course. Of course. There's no Top, other way. Yep. And page 34. So right up the front. Wow. Yeah. Right yeah. The they, they didn't bury the lead then. No, no. It's uh, the title is talking through your dot, dot, dot. Right. Now, I'm not sure what they are talking through your nose, probably. Yep. Ears. I, I assume. Yep. Ears if yep. you've got blown eardrums. Yep. Yeah, right. Yep. A team of Japanese scientists has shown it is possible for mammals to absorb oxygen via the anus. Oh, just a little <laughs> bit of anus oxygenation. You didn't know that was coming, did you, mate? In nobody. Intrigued by how some creatures breathe through their intestines in emergencies, researchers at Tokyo Medical and Dental University were able to prove the same was true under experimental circumstances for mice, rats, and pigs. Wow. 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 So when they were talking about it being the um the, the medical medical, I wasn't sure if they were you know found a novel way of trying to uh you know, have people breathe under anesthesia. Go, all right, yeah, you're in for you you're what we found is when you when people are coming in and having dental work done, like having wisdom teeth and stuff, we just find all those pesky ET tubes get in the way. So what we found is we have to like put the ET tube up your bum and then we administer it that way. It's wonderful. Well, well, while the dentist is there talking through there proverbial you're there breathing through you proverbial it's like it's a it's a it's a match made in heaven it's unison isn't it unison but, yeah but One, interesting that mites and rats do it because if they've if they've got a bit of zinc phosphide in them and they're phosphined up can they just then get the oxygen from from their back end maybe and that's why they survive well the only problem then is is so if you usually breathe in through your mouth and then and then the farts come out your bum if you're breathing through your bum does that mean the farts come out your mouth because that's not going to be good is it yeah especially that, if the dentist's in there doing your wisdom teeth good timing for christina to walk past her she just time. That's all she She's shaking her head going i cannot believe how is this going to make wasting it? your time on this but the findings now this is this is where it gets findings mate. yes yes the yes the finding sorry, findings, might also apply to humans who are in respiratory distress when ventilators are not available or inadequate. <laughs> wow. Well, now, so, you know. Uh, look, uh, look, Dr. Kirk, I know you you, you are, you, you, unfortunately, you've come down with COVID. Um, yes. And, yep. uh, and we are going to have to admit you to the hospital. Yes. But we've got a little bit of an issue that, unfortunately, oh, we no. have run out of respirators. What? And, but, but. There's, but, there is but, new exactly research. But there is new research, and if we is just, if we do just insert a little up your, we're just gonna. There's just a small chance that when you're distressed enough, you will be able to absorb some oxygen. Is that way? Is that okay with you? Oh, oh, mm, interesting. Okay, yeah. Um, is there is there anything that they go on there talking about? Um, because yeah, I've just had to do my, uh, do my first aid training for helping out with Ruben's football oh. team. And, and you actually, you don't, with CPR now, you're not actually doing breaths, you know, in this post-COVID world. Mm-hmm. Is there anything written in there about um, ways of trying to administer emergency breaths to people, you know, well, with, yeah. with now, now in the light that people can, can breathe through their bottoms? <laughs> Interesting thought. Interesting thought. And yes. That's a, uh, is that, is that a more hygienic method or is it not in COVID well, I, time? Well, I think that they're still finding fragments of COVID in, in sewers. So I don't know if it's completely yeah. hygienic. Maybe, maybe you can get a little, um, like a little, little plastic, 
you know, sort of mouth guard or something like that. Anyway, fantastic. So a bit, a bit like us, mate, talking through our... Loaches. and fifty-six episodes and nothing. Loaches, loaches, catfish, sea cucumbers, and orb weaving spiders can also use their hind gut to oxygenate to survive in emergencies. This is called enteral ventilation via anus or Eva. 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 Of course it is. Ventilation via anus. Via anus. Eva. How about that? Eh? So there you go, mate. It's hard hitting stuff. Gritty. It's definitely gritty. gritty. Yeah, definitely absolutely. gritty. Um, yeah, yeah. You'd, you'd want to make sure you've evacuated before you need. Maybe that's the thing. Yeah, when you feel like you're gonna, when you when you're gonna be stopping breathing, that then you sort of clear the path. Well, a that might bit be part ready. of it. That that's part of it. That's part of the body's own um enteral ventilation uh through evacuation. Anus. That's that's Eve. E, e, enteral ventilation evacuation. Right. Eve. Pre before Eva. Preva. Eve before Eve comes before Eva. Yeah, yeah. Pre-Eva, you have a pre-Eva evacuation <laughs> ready for your yeah. enteral ventilation. They, wow. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna, and I'm it's bring probably similar to, probably similar to blowing your nose when you're like you're having trouble breathing. Yes. You blow your nose. Well, you, you just clear everything else out before you go. Anyway, d- d- depending depending on how your uh, your usual sphincter strength is going. I mean, you know, if your things are a little dicey down there, I guess you could blow your nose and yeah, clear yourself out for a yeah a pre-Eva yeah and. And the shout out, shout out to my dad listening, yes. who last week was wrapped with the story about the woman being eaten by her cats. And then now we're talking about people breathing through their bottoms. Thanks, just dad. I hope you're still listening. Two it's vets talk work. either. It's our, be- our best work. <laughs> Let's go to the disclaimer. You know what? All advice on this show is generally in nature. So please consult your veterinarian or your first aid officer before following any advice for your pet or if you're planning on doing some enteral ventilation via an anus. We do our best to provide the most up-to-date information because veterinary medicine is continually advancing and changing. Please let us know if you missed anything or if you need any clarification. Anyway, um, so what topic have you got? I've got, um, this is something we did in journal club. Your boffin club. Uh, yeah, Highbrow, but, um, usually very highbrow. How well, do you been talking about uh, uh, enteral ventilation in your journal club? <laughs> next next time. Next, next time. time next up. time. Yeah, has, anyone seen this article? Has, has anyone seen this article, page 34 of the Herald Sun? Well, that's my topic for this week <laughs> on, on the journal club with my fellow PhD listeners and specialists and people yeah, oh, way yeah. more educated than I am. But anyway, so it was, it was a complicated journal, a journal article on this one. And I, I must say I was a little bit tired on the night that we did it uh, and it was a while ago, but, uh, but essentially it was, um, it's from um, the Royal Society Publishing. I don't know what that means. Journal. I'm not exactly sure what that journal is. Maybe anyway, biology letters uh, under animal behavior, teenage dogs, evidence for adolescent phase conflict behavior and an association between attachment to humans and pubertal timing in the domestic dog. So, gee whiz, yeah, very succinct title there. So, yeah, so I've just, uh, so yep, just use that into, put that into one word, taking the first letter of every word. T da da bop but do do. Yeah, that's the little anachronism I've got from there. Perfect, uh, perfect. It's so, so easy uh, to remember. From Asher, uh, Lucy Asher et al. Um, and basically, it's just was trying to look at if dogs go through an adolescent phase, like. Uh, human children do essentially yeah, right. do they do they um do they have a period where they perhaps come a little bit naughty or a little bit uh, disobedient or you know go off the rails just a little bit so yeah, right start um, locking themselves in their room and listening to My Chemical Romance 
Right. What's that? Yeah. Is that music or is that is that's that, that's a mu- show? music? Yeah, it's an emo emo um, oh. emo band from the from the late two thousands. Right. Did you have a period yourself? I actually so really you... liked My Chemical Romance. It's a really <laughs> good you album go. called Welcome there... to the Black Parade. There it's you a go. Really good album. So the um they basically did this um uh the, the study and uh, and they looked at um they looked at obedience. They called it a command. So basically, these are the sick command on mm-hmm. these dogs. And they looked at uh, 93 dogs uh, that were uh, half, about half male, half female, golden Labrador retrievers um, and their crossbreds. And they was going to they established first uh, a command given by a carer and a stranger in a controlled setting. So uh, so they sampled the dogs at five months of age. And obviously, in one setting, they got the the stranger to ask them to sit. And in another setting, they got the care or the owner to ask them ask them to sit and, and and judge their response. So they were they were tested at five months of age, which was considered to be pre-adolescence. Mm-hmm. They were in, then tested at, at what was considered to be adolescence at about six months of age. Um, and they were going to see, you know, what was the difference in the response? Did they respond quicker? Did they go, nah, stuff you? Yeah, nah, you can't nah. make me do anything. Oh, I'm running away. Yeah. I'm, I'm doing yeah. something now. Uh, uh, I'm doing that. Slam. Shut the door. Yeah. OMG, Dad. I've got two in the house at the moment. <laughs> uh, so what they found was dog dogs responded less to the sit command during adolescence. Adolescence. But only when the command was given by the carer, not a stranger. Ah, yeah. So, so it's like still kind of listening. Thing. So who you bonded to the most is the one you fight with the most, potentially. Yes, you know, that kind right. of adolescent teenage daughter and mum, sort of a stereotype that the daughter you know, clashes with the mother. That sort of thing, I think that's what they're trying to say. So When then um, the, the, the bi-spectacle podcasting dad gets to come in and just be the good guy at the end of it, go, can't, look, just have an ice cream and everything will be fine. <laughs> oh, thanks, dad. If only ice creams were the currency at that age, mate. <laughs> uh, so, the, and and then they highlight that the care and the stranger were the same people at both time points at the five months and the eight months. So the odds of repeatedly not responding to the sick command was higher eight months compared with five months for the carer and the carer only. So, right. so interesting. So a stranger got the same response of commands, no matter when they did them. Yep. But when the, supposedly when the dog went through um, a, a, during adolescence, they were responding less to the care. You think it'd be more because they've got an extra three months of training that's happened mm. in the home environment. So really interesting. Um, and oh, no, actually what they did find, sorry, that the response to the sick command actually improved for the stranger from that five oh. to, that, to that eight month period. So that's where that perhaps training at home has, has actually improved things. So, so maybe there is some evidence um, for conflict with owners and carers um, during adolescence in, in dogs, which which is interesting in the, in the, in the article, they actually talk about this being an, a well-known or a, a quite an anecdotal thing that's well-known in what they described as the gray literature. And we thought, what's a a gray literature? That's right. So we started chatting all the boffins. We put our heads together and we're like, what's the gray literature? Is it, is it page 34 of the Herald Sun? Herald Sun, yes, yeah, with the Possibly, possibly, you know, gray literature is probably your your, your Facebook uh, sort of uh, groups, I suppose, posts and that sort of, that's probably gray literature. And then someone happened to mention that quite possibly our podcast is gray literature. Oh my goodness! About that, we could be grey literature. We are grey literature because well, just two two middle aged men just talking their thoughts. 
Yeah, right. I, 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 I'm, I'm quite impressed that our uh, our podcast actually gets mentioned in your uh, at your highfalutin journal club too. Like that's a yeah, that, that's high praise. Well, I, I do think a lot of them listen, and I, I think they probably listen so they know not what to talk about in <laughs> in, uh, in highfalutin sessions like Eva and Eve and pre Eve and breathing yeah. through your neck and all those sorts of things. <laughs> Don't talk about that. That's, it's it's yeah. one of those things that they can go, yeah, I, I haven't stooped that low yet. I'm doing okay. Mm. Exactly. This is rock bottom. So, <laughs> so there you go. I thought that was just interesting. I mean, it's, there's a lot of stuff, certainly a lot of trainers. Um, perhaps that's the great literature too. You know, anecdotally, we'll say that during adolescence, the dogs uh, do go through a certain period where they are less responsive to to training and acceptance and, and perhaps a little bit naughtier and, and doing things a little bit outside what's, what's been sort of expected, but then they improve as, as they come, come through that, as they, as they get into adulthood. And I guess so, the interesting, interesting thing on that too, like, did they mention anything about what the, um, the de-sexing status was of those 90 dogs? Because that's, because that would be interesting too, to see, yeah, particularly with the juvenile de-sexings, you know, whether or not it's a, a, a hormone, Based thing that might affect some of that uh, adolescent obstinance as well. Yeah, I think they certainly did look into that as part of it because, again, the boffins that I I, uh, I work with, there was no sort of mention of that as as potentially being an issue. I think more we're looking not at the sex relation to the, mm. it's it's sort of outside the sexual development sort of period, yeah. or more looking at actual adolescence period, which I know in humans is very close, and I guess in dogs is sort of similar as well. But um, but I'm not, I yeah. haven't got. Uh, I'm just trying to scroll through it now. No, that's right. Yeah, so it's yeah. more of a behavioural thing rather than a hormonal thing, where yeah, you know, that you see with the human adolescents. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I think yeah. so. And I, quite possibly they were all entire. Um, uh, there were 41 male and 52 female, so fairly good sort of spread there. Um, um, yeah, no, not sure about the, the no, D6. Right. I'm, I'm suspicious maybe they weren't D6. But anyway, interesting. Cool. That's good. Good little study. There. Good little. Uh, good little um, adjunct to the grey literature that's out there, mate. How, how good is that? We can get that on our next T-shirt. You know, we are the grey literature. <laughs> we are the grey literature. Nice. How good's yes. that? Yeah. Nice, mate. Um, if, we, yep. if, if if you guys would like to contribute to um to, to the grey literature, um then send us an email. Uh, get find us at two vets talk pets at gmail.com. Uh, leave us a review on uh, on iTunes. That's always nice. Um, why not leave us a review on YouTube? Go to YouTube and have a look at our uh, at our video. You can check out uh, my my wonderfully clean uh, dining room area behind me that Christina had to clean up when she found out that we were recording. And I said, "But don't worry, <laughs> no one's going to watch anyway." So, yeah, so if somebody well, can right. comment on how clean the kitchen is, uh, Christina <laughs> will be very impressed. Uh, nice, nice, yeah. and uh, yeah, oh, you can. We're on Stitcher. We're on uh, Google Podcast. We're on lots of new ones now. I've been looking into Ooh. it. So, so numbers are going like oh, I said, straight up week, through the roof. Through up, through the roof. Yep, definitely gone up. So anyway, but you got any questions? Certainly, you know where to find us, and um, and and also if you want to support us, if you if you really enjoyed us talking through our necks and noses today, then yeah. uh, then and please feel free to go to Patreon. And and give us a couple of dollars. Search, search for two vets talk pets at uh, at Patreon. You'll find us there. And uh, otherwise, if anyone's in uh, in in far north Queensland in uh, in six weeks, we might have a a, a live recording. You know, we might yes. actually get in the same room together. We can't get in the same in the same room in Melbourne, but we might be able to in in far north Queensland. How good is that going to be? 
That'd be awesome. Def- hey, we could do a live, yeah, with, with an audience. Audience, the, yes. The, Hem- uh, the Hemsworths would come up from Byron Bay. Yes. Yeah, Hems, definitely. Of course they'd, we could. Of course they'd make the trip. Yeah, I no think Matt Damon's up there too. Yeah, yeah, Matt Damon. Yeah, Damon. Yeah, for sure. Will Anderson. Yeah, Julia, yep. um, Julia Roberts, I think, is up there too. Right. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Star oh, definitely. Yeah, we'll start sending out tweets now. They, they will be YouTube links. Hashtag Julie Roberts, hashtag Hemsworth. Hemsworth, yeah, That'll yeah, go yeah. well. Yeah, definitely. Sounds Alrighty. Good. Actually, there is a link to Hemsworth. One is uh, the Hemsworth uncle is uh, Paul Hemsworth. I think Paul Hemsworth, the pig vet. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, gee whiz. Get out of their town. Uncle, their uncle. I think it's Paul. Yeah, Paul it Hemsworth. is Paul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Paul, Paul Hemsworth. Hemsworth. Yeah, is, is uh, we did a lot of study at uni uh, with uh, certainly he's done some amazing research with pig, pig welfare and that sort of thing. And uh, yeah, he's, he's their uncle. So wow. there is a link there. Maybe we can get them. Maybe. Stay tuned. Heard it we'll first. see. We'll see how we go. All yeah. right. But in the meantime, peace out, everybody. Scratch you later. Thanks for listening to Two Vets Talk Pets with Lewis and Robbie. To chat further about this week's episode or ask the guys any questions, search Two Vets Talk Pets on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram or send an email to twovetstalkpets at gmail.com. You can find Lewis on Twitter with the handle at vetbehaviorist and more importantly, as the two pet heroes return to their day job of saving animals' lives, be sure to thank them with a five-star review on iTunes. Every time you do, a small, cute animal will receive a cuddle.